Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour, that magical time of day when magic happens and I bring you really good guests. I've got a really good guest for you today, a very special guest. We're going to meet him together, Terrence P. Ward. But before we do that, if you are listening to this in the week at first drop, which is the week of January 31st, 2022, yes, the last day of January, we're moving into February. But that's good. We have Valentine's Day coming up. And with that, a very special announcement. But if you were listening this first week, what do we have going on this week? I am in town all week. One more week in town. Next week, I'm heading off to New Orleans. But this week, I am in town. But I've got some great classes. On Tuesday, I am starting a three-week mediumship certification course. Um, it's through my school, universitymagicus.com. Um, it's really good. If you've never even thought that you had the ability to talk to the other side, you will know that you can by the end of it. If you're already a practicing expert professional medium, you will get better at it because it's all in what you do and what you practice. It's like going to the gym for your mediumship and learning my techniques. I know we all have lots of different techniques and I've been doing this a long time and studying it a long time. So if you're interested, that is going to start this Tuesday. Um, and if you missed that, if you didn't list it on the first day, you could always jump in and get the video and then go into the course. On Sunday, I am teaching a moon magic class. Moon magic, spell working. We all do love the moon. We are all affected by the moon. Why not use it to the benefit of our day-to-day -day life for our magic, for our love, for everything? Um, I'm then going to go out of town next week. If you're in New Orleans area, on the 12th. On the 12th, this just got booked. In advance of my trip to Romania with, yes, the beautiful vampire father, Sebastian, and Mysterious Adventure Tours, we are doing this little thing in New Orleans to celebrate the 92nd anniversary of the Dracula movie coming out. We are going to do a screening of the movie. We are going to talk. We are going to do magic. I'm going to do a mediumship gallery. Um, so I have it online. Check it out. It's a dark screening of Bella Lugosi's Dracula. It will be on February 12th in New Orleans, starting a Mardi Gras. So come Mardi Gras, hang with me, hang with Father Sebastian, hang with Maria. We have all sorts of other amazing guests coming in and a whole show for you. Um, I'm doing something else in there, but I can't tell you what. I just can't tell you what. You just have to wait and see, but it's going to be really fun. Um, but other than that, that's it. But start looking at some of my stuff. I'm sending out a brand new newsletter. If you haven't signed up for my newsletter, uh, pattynegri.com. I've got my whole calendar. I've got like, I think I'm up to 14 trips this year. So I'm probably coming somewhere you are or you want to be. So join me. And other than that, that's where I am. Where's Patty? I'm sitting right here in Hollywood, but coming to you on video. So join me. Okay. Hi, everybody. She just put on her beautiful new witchy little scarf, which was a gift from a very dear friend who just sent us a nice little beautiful work pageant. I'll tell you who she is next week if she tells me I can. But thank you. Thank you, dear friend, for this beautiful magic basket and her first little witchy scarf. She's very happy. So the Willow Report today, we thought we'd talk about not Willow. She hears me talk all the time about our way of being and helping people when I do a lot of nonprofit work. I do a lot of charity work. And so Willow said she remembers when I was a little kid, I was a little kid, when she was a little kid months ago, we used to talk about different animal rescues of the day, and we might ring that back. But I thought other than just autumn, 
uh, animal rescues, I talk about some really great charities that are out there that really need help now. In these tough times, the pandemic times, when a lot of people have been out of work and a lot of people are kind of survival level, guess what? Our charities and our animal charities really need extra help too. So I did some research. I, re I researched a lot of the ones that are considered the really best ones. And we just wanted to go through some of them all. And we've got the Willow seal of approval as she eats my necklace with hers. Willow, one day, you have to go to acting school. You have to learn to look at the camera. You have to learn to look. You look everywhere but the camera. And you always yawn. I know. You have pretty baby teeth. You have They're grown-up teeth, but they're still shiny white. So anyway, I just wanted to say some of the, the ones that have been checked out, they really do good for the animals. Um, almost always on most lists is Best Friends Animal Society is a really good one to help animals in general. Best Friends Animal Society. Everybody knows about the ASPCA, and they really do good work. Um, there's also something called the Animal Rescue uh, the Animal Welfare Institute, um, and they're supposed to do really good in lots of ways. But what if you're going, okay, I want to get outside um, maybe more than ASPC, though they do lots of other things. There's lots of wolf charities out there now. Wolves are endangered, and they've been in a lot of states taken off the endangered list for some reason, and now they're getting endangered again because just, just when you get them back, they take them off the list. And that happened a year or so ago. Um, Brothers Wolf Animal Rescue is supposed to be a really good one. Um, maybe you're getting some other kind of animals. Jane Goodall Institute still is great and works with more ape-like type animals. There's Wild Aid. There is charities for bats. There is charities for cats. Um, there is beautiful for, for oh yeah, there's a lot of veterans out there. There's a really good one. Um, it's called Canine Warriors. And it helps veterans through working with dogs and working with animals to get their lives back. Um, a lot of local ones. Alley Cat. Alley Cat Alliance is supposed to be really, really good. And maybe you want to get into some local stuff. A local, I'm in Los Angeles, and some really good local ones that I work with are called Lux Paws. Lux Paws, literally, talk about local. It is local, certain part of Hollywood, Los Angeles. And they do cat rescue. They do cat capture and fix and put them back feral cats because there's a lot of feral cats out there. And a lot of them can never be made into house cats. They're just too wild but they keep reproducing. They don't have to keep reproducing. They actually know how to safely and humanely catch them, fix them, and put them back into their world, but they could stop having all those kittens that are all over. So look into local charities. It's easy to find. Everybody has the internet. Look something local that pertains to your city, your town, your state. Look towards an animal that you particularly like or that particularly needs help. I mean, there's a beautiful elephant uh, sanctuary in Tennessee. I don't know why there's elephants in Tennessee, but it's supposed to be really good. There's the Marine Animal Center, a Marine Mammal Center. I mean, if you like marine mammals. So there's something for everybody. And believe me, these animals really need help, especially now when people have been able to help them less. There's another really good one that's called Blankets of Love. What they do, they bring blankets to shelter animals. Uh, there's still a lot of shelter animals. There's good shelters. There's less good shelters. There's no-kill shelters. There's ones that, sadly, too many are put down. But while the animals are in there, just giving them blankets could change that animal's day-to-day -day being for while we're in there. So I promise nothing will make you feel better than helping somebody else. That's the best kind of magic that there is. So for today's Willow Report, Willow said, 
let's look at some other animals out there, shall we? Because not everything is all about Willow all the time. What? She said, yes, it is. But no, it isn't. So thank you guys for listening. We've really got to teach you to look in the camera, don't we? That's the Willow Report. See you next week. How about some magic? How about some magic? We have a very special guest today, and he's talking about kind of a serious subject. He's talking about depression um, in a not depressing way, I'm sure, because he's a pagan. He's a witch. But I want to talk about the witch way of being, which is, you know, creating your life. As a rule, we don't just take things as it come. Wind blows us left, we go left. And wind blows us right, we go right. Every once in a while, we go, ah, I want to put up a fence. I don't want to get the wind. I don't want to get on me. We don't choose always to be followers because somebody tells us what to do. We want to feel it in here. I know what to do. We want to take our own lives, our own fate into our own hands. And doing that, well, there's a responsibility with that, of course, and there's different ways to do it. We do spell working, we do ritual work, we have deities we work with, we have elements we work with. Um, again, to, the craft itself could be a practice. You could be, I believe me, I know some, a Christian witch. You could be a Jewish witch. You could be, I'm just a pagan witch. And there's 900 kinds of pagans within that. But we are taking fate into our own hands. Now, if you don't even want to call yourself a witch, people do that as well. How do we create the life we want? Maybe it's by manifestation. Maybe I'm, an, I, I'm a manifester. I create things. Very new age. That's the secret. That's the law of attraction, how we create that. Now we're getting into regular psychology and psychology terms on how we do things. Um, and there's lots of ways to do it. But the one way that everybody holds true to, even though we use completely different words and completely ways to do it, is that same old, talk about it all the time, mind, body, spirit, philosophy. There's literally 20,000 million zillion books written about it, self-help books, spiritual books, occult books, new age books, every kind of book, mind, body, spirit, because those are who we are. We are our mind. We are our thought pattern. Everything we create is our mind, our body. This is our vessel while we're on this planet, whatever comes next in our spirit. That's the magic. That's what makes us us. Whatever you believe that exactly is or where that goes. Mind, body, spirit. So you read all these books, how to get what you want or how to manifest or the secret or it's a spell working book or whatever that is. What does that mean actually? Mind. Mind. It means we'll never surpass our own belief system. That is true. That is basic psychology, whether it has anything to do with spiritual. If you sincerely think you can never climb that mountain you're really not probably going to do it. And if you really think that you can be the best you can be and you could be president of the whatever that is society, you probably can because we'll, we create it, we mind, but you cannot pass it. So you've got to believe. So it's about belief. See yourself having that. I'll never have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. If you see that all the time, you're not going to. If you go, I see myself with this lover. I see myself getting married or whatever is you want. That's when you get it. Mind, basic psychology, basic spirituality. We got it. Body. Yes, you have to take action. You have to get off the couch. You can't just go there. I want to take an exercise program and, and just sit there. You have to do it. This is our vessel. We get it. 
Spirit, now that's again, as we always talk about, that's a little less tangible. People don't get that. But again, lots of ways. That's the battery that makes it happen. That's the engine that makes it go. You could do it through your religion, through your belief system. Go to church, go to temple, go to mosque. Prayer is a form of spirit. You're asking God or God or your angels or somebody else to do it for you or your dragon. That That's a way to do it. You could do a very new age style. You can do it with vision boards and affirmations and your daily, I, I believe I can do this. I am this. I am. I am statements. That's very popular now, both in the secular community, religious community, spiritual community. It's great. Um, or you could do what I would do or witches would do. Let's do a spell. Let's do a ritual, a spell working. I'm going to be carving that into this candle. I'm going to be, you know, working my herbs and working my oils, dancing around the bonfire. But all of a sudden, you could look at everything you've ever done in your life that you've actually accomplished and made happen. I got through college. I did this. I had to mind. You had the mind, body, spirit. You really did. You believed you were you could have it. You believed you were worthy of it somehow or could be. Body, you took some form of action. And spirit, you had that little bit of faith or magic to make it happen. Well, guess what? That's what spell working is too. If you want to get it, I want to take it. I want to make spell working. I want to, I have one here. I want to make a puppet. I want to make a health puppet. I want to make something else. Um, guess what? Spell working is just like that. Instead of mind, body, spirit, we call it creation, working, dispatch. The creation of the spell, mind, that's like, okay, I want to make um, a candle spell. I want to make a puppet. I want to do this. It's for love. I'm going to do it on Friday. That's the day of Venus. It's setting up your head to create what you can have. It's seeing it, smelling it, taste it. There's mind. It's creation. The working itself, that's the body. You are sitting there carving the candle. You are sitting there mill working the herbs you are chanting and dancing around whatever it is that you are doing working with your dick there's the body and the spirit is what we call is dispatch that's the sending it up to the heavens again whether that's the drums going up or that's by the power of three times three the spell bound round shall be or whatever you say that is the ma chant that gets you there so whatever it is in your life whether you want to call it a spell working, whether you want to call yourself a witch, whether you want to call yourself a new ager, check what you think about it. Check what you're doing about it and check that battery power that makes it happen. And unless you're breaking the laws of physics, like I can't figure out anybody who has quite enough faith yet to, to fly without an airplane, I think it's probably possible that's just going to take some real faith person down the line who where we get a little deeper into that head and body and spirit but look at the stuff you haven't quite made happen maybe you just need to tweak one or two of those things maybe you don't quite really believe that you can have it or see yourself having it or deserve to have it tweak it maybe you just haven't got off the couch i really want to do this but get off the couch or again the spirit or power to make it happen so let's take that thought pattern and then let's go meet this wonderful, wonderful witch, pagan, and author, Terence P. Ward. 
And today I've got someone very special. We get to actually meet him together, but he is the author of a new book called Empty Cauldrons. So let me tell you a little bit about Terrence P. Ward. Um, he's a journalist and practicing pagan for more than 30 years. Um, he's been bound to a Wiccan coven, communed with earth as a backpacking pagan, AKA Gaia Ped. I love that. Um, he has been tapped by the Olympian gods and he manages his depression to be bring <laughs> and imagine I'm gonna start that last line again. All right. Okay. He manages his depression through his work as a priest to Poseidon. So let me welcome, welcome Terrence. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. So I am actually thrilled to have you. This Empty Cauldrons is about navigating depression through magic and ritual. How needed is that in this day and age and in this world? I, I, I didn't understand how important it would be when I started writing it. Nope, nobody told me there'd be a pandemic. No, no. And, and, and people who maybe haven't even dealt with depression in the past, all these things are setting in. I know so many people and, and witches and pagans get depressed too. And, oh, and sure. I, I love, uh, again, I want to hear more about this coming into working your magic for your state of being working ritual for state, your state of being. So, so how did this even come about not knowing the pandemic was coming? <laughs> well, um, it, it came about because, I, despite the fact that, that experiencing depression means in general, you never want to talk about it. I really wanted to talk about it. And I started to write about it a few years ago. And my then editor at the wild hunt, Heather green picked up on how important a theme it was. And Heather has been thinking about that ever since. And now Heather is a, an editor at Llewellyn. And she approached me a couple of years ago and said, I, I think we should write this. You should write this book about depression. And I said, wait, I have a book. <laughs> I don't want to write that book. <laughs> but it turns out I had a lot to say. Yeah. So um, so tell us about how your 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 path as a pagan. How did you come into the, the path of witchcraft, the path of that? Was that? Were you born into it? Did you discover it along the way? No, no, no. There's a time and a place for everything, and it's called college. And I, uh, like, I think many other people, I was, ex I, I was exposed to the idea of paganism in the modern world when I was in college. That was a while back that I started college. It was in the 80s that I started college. I actually graduated in 2020, but that's a different story. Uh, but I, I discovered the idea of paganism in college. I worked with a lot of people who were witches and focused on, on, on Wicca as well. And um, over time, I drifted around different ways until finally I, uh, I got a clear understanding that, that working with the, uh, the gods who fascinated me as a child, the Greek gods, the ones who my my grandfather's ancestors worshipped was the way to go for me, and and I was like, wow, I I finally found something that I think really clicks with me because sometimes people do that very early in life, and other times you have to wait. Yeah, and some people 
Forever, forever. Yeah. So, okay, so you found life. your path. I think that college is rare, basically early. Um, <laughs> so what about the depression? Did you did you always, depression, is that something that you've dealt with throughout your life or did that come in, you know, with these crazy I, uh, times? It, it, no, it, uh, it was definitely there probably at least since about puberty, but I didn't recognize it for what it was. And like most new experiences that people have to deal with in their lives, it was completely overwhelming. And it really reached a, a boiling point, again, in college. <laughs> yeah. and, and as a young adult, I, I got to the point where I tried to cut it all short. And I had some very intense therapy in, uh, in behind doors that wouldn't open from for me. And uh, that was the beginning of my discovering how to have a relationship with this really powerful spirit that I did not invite into my life, but is here anyway. Wow. Okay, so this spirit just kind of came in to take over to help you to you know, I'm not really, I'm still not entirely sure what the the motivation behind depression is. I do kind of suspect it wants to help, but it's kind of like me trying to help an ant that the, that has a sprained ankle. It's it's going to hurt. Right. And and I think there might there there are important lessons, but but over the years I've had to find a way to come into relationship with depression. And that's not something that everyone can do, which is why in my book, I, I don't always just talk about finding ways to be accepting of depression in your life because it has value, but also about how to protect yourself and perhaps encourage you to get the heck out. And there are a number of different things that, that I think people might want to do, depending on how they understand depression in their own life. Yeah. So again, a lot of people are suffering with it now, whether it's a long-term thing, a way of being, or just new in this crazy planet. So did you always, as you discovered a, a, a pagan path, did you just go right magically with it? Or was that a development, how to add your magic to work with your depression? Again, that's a, a combination not everybody makes. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I actually was kind of reluctant about magic when I first came to understand how it worked, uh, mostly because I, under, I I quickly understood the potential consequences. And I figured as a, uh, a hot-headed young man, I might do things I didn't want to do. And thus, I didn't do a lot with magic for a long time. But as as I, I came into this this current path on Hellenic polytheism, I uh, I I I brought I discovered a, a certain maturity had had come about me and and for the past ten years or so I have been working with spirits in a magical way and not just in a uh, a veneration way, and that's when I discovered that yeah I can actually engage with with this as a spirit because it's always felt like it as it does to many people that. It, it's like a voice giving you bad advice, and uh, and 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 I decided that this deserved a conversation. That I just didn't want it talking to me. I wanted to talk back, and magic is a wonderful tool for doing that. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's perfect. So did you go, um, I, I, you said Hellenic polytheism. What is that for people who don't understand? That is about uh, worshiping the Greek gods in, in our best approximation of how they did it back in the ancient days. Uh, Greece wasn't called Greece back then, and uh, the people that who, who lived like 5,000 years ago are generally called Hellenic. Uh, because there was a group of, of associated tribes, and uh, the, the the Greek the, the Greek gods, the ones you think that you might know of uh, Zeus and Poseidon and and Hera and Demeter and and Athena, uh, are are very well known in myths in our times. But the the actual rituals of of how people honored them was, was is not as well known, and that's what I I try to practice. So, so, so that's beautiful. So if say you're having, you know, you're not feeling good about yourself or you're going into a depression, do you go right to deity with that? Do you go into ritual? Do you go into spell working? I see in your book, you have things like exercises, ritual work, practices, spell working. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, I, the, what, what I do now at this point in my development, if I feel it's starting to creep up on me is I go to my depression shrine and I, I take a look, and first of all, it's probably dusty and dirty because I've been neglecting it. And I take a look at my depression totem, and I start making more active offerings to it and, and engaging with it. My depression totem is a physical object that I created to invite the depression spirit to move into instead of being in me. And, and and I'll tell you, Patty, I had a lot of ideas about how to articulate this in my book, and I settled on one particular abstract style. But one of the things that I was really thinking about is how could I help people understand that this could live in a haunted doll? Wow. How perfect for my people. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I, 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 I know that that's something that 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 you and your your listeners really care yeah. about. And I said, oh, I didn't I didn't have the language to call it that. But I was like, oh, yeah, that's one of the ways that you can do this. My the 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 the, the this particular style that I have in a ritual it involves um, making something from uh, from from bared tree root and tangled thread. Mm -hmm. To kind of represent the emotional state of the tangle of 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 the emotion of 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 depression, but uh, it could live in anything if if you convince it that it's a it's an okay place to live. It's like I'm going to be okay. You go over here. I will still give you attention, but you got to stay over here in this thing, not in me. That's that's what I'm looking for. That. Is absolutely beautiful, and it works with how most people work. If you're you're creating a fetish or this or that, or you're working with these different energies and created, um, so wow, <laughs> I my whole little head is going off like this now, and I love <coughs> the tangled knots and all that. Of course, that makes sense. Almost something you would put in a witch's bottle or something like that. Tough stuff for it yep. to hold on to. Um, so so you go to you have your depression altar, you clean it all up because it's been neglected, and. Yep. Do you feel it literally come out of your body and go back into the? It it can be that that profound, yes. I uh, and, and but that's not something that that's come quickly. It's you, you you. I've had to find a way to get into relationship with this spirit to be able to get it to do that. And the first the first step is that when you 
when you first experience depression, it is awful and horrible and alien and you just don't have any defense against it. And most people, about half of people never have a serious depression again after that. The rest of us get better at dealing with it. It gets easier. You start to recognize it in advance and you can start to build a relationship. I think it's awesome for people who never have to go through it again. And I, I applaud them. You never know though. <laughs> yeah. So what are some signs if somebody's going, uh, I mean, I know you're not a doctor. We're not going to go into diagnosis and things like that, but if somebody's going, well, what if I am depressed? How do I know if I'm depressed or what's some way that maybe this is something that maybe this is why I'm not happy all the time or depression likes to create an environment that's comfortable for it. It encourages you to isolate yourself by convincing you that, that there are reasons why you shouldn't hang out with your friends or family. It encourages you to eat the sort of food that makes you want to stay on the couch all day. It encourages you to stay in bed. And when you discover that your, your behavior is shifting and withdrawing from humanity, that is a sign that something needs to change because humans are a communal species. The best cure for depression, the best bomb for depression is other people. And that's the last place we want to be is around other people. Now, I think this is because there's some evolutionary, there's some suggestions that evolutionarily depression is there to keep others from being infected by whatever disease you have or being slowed down by the by the, the injury that's gonna get you caught by the saber-toothed cat, and, and it encourages you to stick away, to, to hide away from others. And, and I think that's what this, the purpose of this spirit is, is to try to keep you or the, the people safe, and that like many other things in our life, like our appendixes, it doesn't work here and now. Wow. But if you find, yeah, you find yourself doing all the things that are bad for you if you give up exercise if you give up going to your altar if you give up magic if you give up writing and what makes you passionate if you find that you aren't showing up for work then maybe it's time to talk to someone there might be something going on there and it might be bigger than you right now that's beautiful. So I bet you there's a lot of people out there going, oh, my gosh, that's me. Oh, my God. I, I, and I personally know so many people who they, they're actually using the pandemic for an excuse mm -hmm. to not go outside and to not do those things and to not get off the couch and to eat badly and to give up everything that they do and their belief systems. Um, so they might be going, oh, oh. So what are some of the things other than get your book and read your book and follow uh -huh. you? What are some 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 starting out things that that you would suggest people do to to create it to within their magical work? I am a big fan of meditation. I find that discovering your center is a really important thing to do. And again, this is something that's hard to do if you're in depression which is why I recommend if you can only do it for a minute a day, do it for a minute a day. You can always add more time and go deeper and find your center. 
but meditation is a really important thing. Another thing I find is very, very helpful. I'm a writer. I, I, I am a strong proponent of journal, journaling. And I, I offer quite a few different exercises on how to use a journal to connect with yourself and with this spirit in, in things like writing letters to your ancestors and 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 write and writing directly to the spirit of depression and exploring different things like your anger or your sadness or reminding you making a list of the things that are good in your life, which is can be awfully hard to do when you're in a dark place. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. So yes, so um, meditation, good. Starting a journal, good. So what about bringing, again, magic and rituals somehow, whether it's, again, whether your your path as you've gone, your pagan path is, 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 is doing good or you're going through the motions or it's not going good at all. Do you like, like just do a spell? Just do a ritual? Do you... there, there, there are a couple that I do recommend. Um, a couple of them have to do with, uh, with mirrors because there's a mm. lot of negative self-imagery that goes on when, when you're in a period of depression. I have a, a grooming spell that's just about standing in front of a mirror and intentionally taking care of yourself and brushing your hair and, and wa- brushing your teeth and washing your face taking off the old makeup, putting on new if that's what you want, cleaning your nails, and recognizing that your inner beauty still exists. I have I have uh, bathing spells, too. I love baths. I think warm water is an incredibly soothing and healing thing. And I have a couple of different spells that involve sitting at a tub um with with certain stones submerged with you or or with 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 a light mix of herbs and and focusing on on discovering who you are and and attuning to those emotions and allowing them them to come out because they're they're stopped up in there so you you've turned depression into a spirit in itself which we create spirits all the time the spirit of success the spirit of that so you have the spirit of depression and now i know you've brought deity in to help you with that too as well as your practice so is that something that people who work yes i uh i am i am a uh, an avowed theist i i i i have gods come into everything i do whenever possible and uh and because I know this uh, this ancient Greek stuff better than others, I, uh, I I did develop some rituals that are based around uh, some of those Greek practices. Uh, for instance, um, at the dark of the moon, there's uh, there's a feast called the Daipnon, which is a uh, feast for the ancestors in Hakate, mm. and it's a good time to clear out gunk, miasma. The stuff that accumulates, and I and I tweak the uh, what we do in my in my temple to uh, to help it clear out depression because it can it can accumulate with the cobwebs in your home because there is a close relationship between between the tidiness of your outer space and the tidiness of your inner space. Yes, and I I, I have another ritual that uh, appeals to the spirits of the winds, the wind gods, uh, to to help you with it because they. Uh, the 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 animoi as they're called and i'm probably butchering the pronunciation because i'm no expert in ancient greek uh 
are 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 different gods that 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 govern states of emotion and mind. And I I, I ask them through this ritual to uh, to help with aligning yourself with with all of that. That's beautiful. So do you work um, working with the winds? So you're working with the deities of the winds. Do you work elementally at all yourself, like working, getting into the elements, air and fire and water and earth in your work? Or is it pretty much deity art based? You know, I that's definitely where my pagan path started is uh, is connecting with with the elemental energies directly, uh, even even drawing them into myself for uh, for like standing in a quarter in that way and that sort of thing. But, but yeah, right now I, I do work mostly through gods, but there's, uh, but, but I've, I've recently finished a series of blog posts. In fact, that, that, that talk about how depression can be looked at through the various different, uh, elements and, and how like de- depression is kind of pollutes each element, but there's always the healing power of that element, you know, like with fire, there's, there's that uncontrollable rage that you can get, but it's it's a transformative fire as well. Uh, water can be like a, a fetid swamp that's sucking you down in the muck, but water is incredibly healing. Tears can can be the most important thing you have. Uh, that that talking about uh, eating too much junk food that's that's earth gone wrong, yeah. but. But 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 Earth is 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 the source of all life, and uh, and and air. Well, I don't know how many people talk to me about depression, feeling like a, an impenetrable fog or cloud, and 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 that really is a cloud on the mind. It makes it difficult to think. And air is the element of intellect, and and it's possible to clear that out by uh, using that sort of air to just cut through all of that yeah breathing (laughs) um wow so okay so people going all right well i don't know um i'm new at this or something but i like this idea and i like having help with this i like you know maybe i'm going to create a totem or create something a haunted doll for my depression or a haunted totem whatever um but how, how do I work with deities? Is that something people just research? You want to go into your meditative state and discover what gods? You want to start reading, studying, going, I need to see these different systems. And maybe I want to look at a Celtic god. Maybe I want to look at... There are definitely... Uh, I, I, I interviewed a number of different people because, because I'm a journalist and I know that I don't know everything by being a journalist. And a number of different gods have, have come up for different people as being the gods to go to when you're in this state. Uh, some of them that come to mind are, the, are, are like bringing gods like Lou from, from, from Ireland and, and Apollo from Greece. Uh, I've also had uh, people talk about uh, death gods like, like Hela mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, gods like uh, Frey from, from the, from the Norse uh, mythology. Uh, Generally, gods that work in the darkness or work in the light and are known particularly for that seem to be the ones that are most present when you're in a period of depression. It can be frustrating because sometimes you really can't sense the gods when you're in that time and you feel like and and you have to go through the motions because you don't you just don't you, you don't believe they're there even if they're shouting at you. 
and that can be that can be really disheartening. But um, but those particular gods, uh, Dionysus is is a, is a god of of mental health who uh, who yeah he Dionysus looks over sanity as well as uh, as 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 alcohol and I think and they're closely related. It turns out. And 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 releasing yourself to a god like Dionysus can can just be the what you need to just let it all go because it can be really hard to let go of that. What we fear is what we grasp onto most tightly in a lot of cases. Yes, I like that. Oops, sorry, losing book, losing dog, dog barking. Ha. Uh. So how much do you do have people do a lot of reflection within their magical work? Like, why am I here? Or just go, depression is this thing. I've got a spirit of it. Or do you want to go and, ooh, maybe I drink too much. Maybe I do anything like that. Do you deal with that in your book? Well, the way to deal with that is another aspect of community. And that's specifically professionals. Mental health professionals can help you figure out the challenges that make it easy for depression to to take root and stay there because you've you've created this environment for them whether you intended to or not your ancestors might have helped but it's 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 what you have now is a good place for depression to live and it's really important to find someone to talk to and that can be a challenge and that's why one of the spells i actually have is was given to me by one of my sources uh kelvin mercury for helping to find a therapist because it can be scary if you're a witch or a pagan because you don't know if you can open up to someone and in theory every professional has been has taught themselves not to be judgmental about that sort of stuff that doesn't mean it's always going to feel that way and you want to be able to set your intention to find someone that you're going to feel safe with or you're not going to be able to get that that important mental health counseling that everybody needs whether or not they're experiencing depression thank you i like that to find a spell to find a good therapist that's good for you um so and again excuse the barking in the back that is willow she's not depressed she's just loud i'm just looking forward to the willow report yes oh yes we we will be doing that momentarily i was hoping she would stay quiet until we got there um so how can how else okay you have this beautiful book how can people find you how can people because you said you mentioned a blog you mentioned what what do you what are some things that you have coming up um, I'm actually going to be uh, presenting at a Feast of Lights in February on which uh, it's uh, 11th to 13th, and it's been switched to virtual, like like many events right now, which means that people could sign up to uh, to take that class. I'm going to be talking about um, ancestors and their relationship to depression, and helping people connect with uh, an ancestral spirit who might have some insights into your current condition and maybe be able to help you. I love that. Do you do group work with people at all? Do you like within a coven setting or working settings? Is it something you ever deal with the depression itself, like within your your community? I haven't been given the uh, the opportunity to do that yet, but I recognize that a lot of opportunities might be open that I, I can't just write a book. I actually have to be able to help people get through this process too. Yeah, I think that 
there's the definitive time and place for that. I was just picturing what you said, like what you're doing at this particular event to have that as an option for people to step into magical circle, dealing with their spirits, so to speak. Um, do you have, what, how, where else can people find you? This is something coming up. So where do people find out about that? Where can people find you? Right, right. Um, my website is my. I have a couple of different websites. The easiest one to spell and remember is truepaganwarrior.com, and that has links to my uh, my social media presence. I I maintain Facebook, Instagram, Twitter accounts, which have related content. Okay. So thank you so much. I can't wait to read it. I'm going to have to read it and then have you back again if I will, because again, this is something that is so timely now to me because I mean, it always has been depression has always been part of the human experience for people, but so much of it is spotlighted now with everything going on on this planet that what a beautiful title. How did you even come up with empty cauldrons? Uh, panic. Mm. I, uh, uh, when 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 the contract was accepted, they said, "Oh yeah, we're going to need a working title for this." And I said, "Um um um, empty cauldrons." And ever since, it's made more and more sense that it it's all about what we feel like we don't have. But a cauldron is never really empty. No, no. But what we feel and what we feel is what we create. So, um, so you guys check out Terrence P. Ward. Um, and his website and social media because we just have to do that social media thing. So like him and follow him, check out his event in February. Um, and again, this is really beautiful exercises, rituals, baths, even like dealing money bath, candle work, how to deal with the world because depression's out there. Don't just stuff it under the rug and maybe it's not best to just take a pill, you know, bring your magic in. So. Thank you, Terrence. Thank you so much for visiting the witching hour. Any last Thank words you. of wisdom you have? Anything for anybody? It's it's just been an honor, and I really appreciate it because I know I'm among steamed, esteemed company by being on this show. Oh. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you all for coming to the witching hour.